with Toastmasters. My club told me, do not even bother to try and deliver this speech. It was a contest. I'm a uh, second place winner for my division with Toastmasters. And the reason why they said don't bother is because the speech included the word but one of the things you do for a contest is you must present your speech prior to the contest and the judges evaluate whether or not it falls within the guidelines for Toastmaster. And they decided that it did. And what that speech was about, when I was 17, I decided I was going to be a major drug dealer. And I went with a group of men down south. And the reason why they were going down south was because they were looking for a trade route to go from the East Coast to the West Coast. And one of the things that's still in existence even today were the prohibitions where they went through the swamps of the down south. Even today though, you must have a guide because quicksand is something that has no identity. The guy who lives there knows exactly where every spot of quicksand exists. And that's the guy that can take you through the swamps at a high speed of break. Everybody else, a lot of people won't make it through unless they just get lucky and that's why we're there so the guy that they were going to go talk to he lived with his aunt in a shanty and when i say a shanty i'm talking a shack on stilts above water and it was a woman who had never learned how to read did not wear a pair of shoes was extremely poor and i was 17 and i was pretty sure that i knew everything and I had respect for only three things. That was money, power, and education. And she had, she did not have any one of these three. But this woman turned out to be the most powerful woman in my life. She delivered wisdom to me that today I live by the most powerful words that helped free my life. We proceeded to have long conversations and for the most part I was rude and I ignored her and she just ignored my rudeness because I was 17. And one of the things she turned to me in the conversation and she said, child, what do you feel if I call you a nigger? And I just looked at her and I said, I don't know, nothing. She goes, what do you feel when I call you a, a gook? She goes, never mind. She goes, I see your little face getting all screwed up and you're prepared to tear me apart with that razor sharp tongue. She goes, so I'm gonna ask you one more time. What do you feel when I call you a nigger? And I said, nothing. She goes, what does it make you want to do? And I go, laugh. She goes, why? And I said, because I'm not one. She goes, then, baby, why do you hurt when I call you a gook? It's the same word spoken by the same person for the very same reason, to give you a little bit of their pain. And the only difference between the word and the word gook is you believe you are a gook, but you know you're not so when you hurt find out what you're in agreement with find out what you believe to be true in a statement that you say and one day i challenge you to look in the face of the person who wants to hurl these racial slurs look in the face of that person and she goes in the god in you that compassion is going to well to the surface and you'll see them without your defenses. And what you're gonna see is somebody who is broken. You're gonna see somebody who hurts worse than you do. And that challenge did not show up for me and I didn't understand her words. 
the final words that she said to me was the words of wisdom that made a huge difference when I stepped into presence. She goes, child, words have no meaning until you give them life. And that challenge came to me when I was in El Segundo, California. I was there on a business trip and my early business morning, I had an appointment and then I had an appointment. It was, it was like three hours later. I shoot pool and there was a bar I used to go play tournaments in. And the afternoon crowd was an entirely different crowd than the night crowd where I normally uh, went to go shoot my tournaments. The afternoon crowd was the social security crowd and they were the individuals who got a social security check on the third and and they drank their check away and waited for the next check to arrive and all they did was sit in that bar and share all the miseries of their life it was a social security crowd and now in california i had one of the greatest freedoms i ever expressed no one noticed that i was asian in california i grew up in topeka kansas everywhere i went people found the great need to explain to me that i was Chinese, Irish, Japanese, they just they just found this great need to constantly inform me that I was Asian. Everybody noticed that I was Asian, even complimentary things, they noticed I was Asian. When I moved to California, it was the most amazing feeling to be able to walk down the street and just be one of the crowd. And I got so used to that, and I hadn't heard a word of prejudice spoken in my direction since I had moved to California until this day. I went in in the afternoon and I asked for a rack of balls and I went to the back room to start practicing because I had a tournament that weekend. And all of a sudden I heard an old roomy voice, an old gravelly alcoholic voice shout out, who let the effing Buddha head in here? And it was instantaneous to my system. I was on alert and I was getting ready to do battle with whoever this man was. And for a second, I heard that wise old woman, that beautiful black lady said, child, words have no meaning till you give them life. Look in their eyes and see who lives underneath the words that you are being attacked with. And when he came and got in my face, which is what he did, because I first tried to ignore him, I looked and I saw exactly what she said. I saw an old man full of broken dreams that knew he didn't have any dreams left for him, that this was it. This was all that life was ever going to be. I saw a man who saw himself as an absolute failure. I saw a man who had never experienced anything in his life that he treasured or wanted to hold on to as a memory. I saw a man full of misery and pain. And in that moment, I was freed for the first time ever of all that anger, the pain, and then the anger that came in to defend the pain because somebody was going to once again tell me there was something wrong with me because my face did not look like theirs. And in that instant, when I understood the depth of the wisdom that she had given to me, I got it. He can't hurt me. There is nothing that he can say or do that will hurt me. And I turned and I looked at him and I said, I am so sorry. Are you speaking to me? I shocked him so severely. He literally jumped up and leaped back. And I think it was because 
I speak English so clearly and his expectation was that I would not do that. And so he stammers and he stutters. And, 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 and then one of the things the lady told me, she goes, child, she said, there's going to be a moment that if you do not give him the power of giving you pain, there's going to be a moment that you will see clarity in their eyes and there'll be a moment that they will respect who you are. One second, if you do not decide you want to play the dance of hurt me, I hurt, I will hurt you back. And when I looked into his eyes and I saw this man who was so very failed, and I said to him, I'm sorry, are you speaking to me? I saw that second happen in his eyes and he looked at me and he goes, well, 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 uh, uh, you, you, you probably don't know it because you don't sound like you, you don't sound like you, you, you you've been in, in your country and, and, but in your country, uh, uh, being called a Buddha head, that's a compliment. And I looked at him and I smiled and I said, I can understand that because I could not imagine ever being likened to Buddha to be anything but a compliment. And I saw that one second where he saw he could not hurt me and he could not touch me and that I also was not going to attack him. I was not going to try and deliver any pain back to him. I defended nothing. And there was that second of clarity where his respect in his eyes met the respect in my eyes. And just as rapidly as it shone, it disappeared and he had to be dragged out by the bouncer.